Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're in episode four today and we're almost at the end of a packed January and we're seeing even more clients and inquiries than for any month since 2005. Truth is, we're ever so slightly overrun. We really shouldn't be saying that, but we're so busy at the moment that we haven't even got time to take somebody new on and show them the ropes, the way we work, what we want them to do. So by the time you are here, it may be we've found someone to work with us, but you may also be relying on our core team. Anyway, enough worries. Let's get on to today's subject, which is Brits and Brexit. I know, I know, but we have to talk about Brexit. The situation pre-Brexit was easy. We're tackling an issue that affects many of our clients and the fact that they are British and the government has totally screwed them over is something that's very important. Obviously things have changed markedly since the worst decision that any country has ever taken against its own citizens in a free country ever. Brexit has screwed over millions of British people who were previously able to live and work in Europe and now they can't. Or rather, they can but only in extraordinary circumstances. It's also ruined the retirement plans of thousands upon thousands of people who were previously able to come and live in Spain without any restrictions, just like any other person from Europe. And let's face it, Brits are Europeans. Prior to Brexit, you just turned up, you found a place to live, whether renting or buying, registered at your local town hall and health centre, and bang, you were living in Spain. Once you were here for a certain period of time, you applied for residency and changed the registration plate of your car before you eventually changed your car because driving with a steering wheel on the right-hand side is a bit more complicated here. And once you've been here for a few years, you applied for your permanent residency certificate. And now, well, now, should we just say it's complicated? So what is that change? You have to bear in mind primarily now that as a Brit, you can't just come to live in Spain. You're allowed to stay in Spain for a period of up to 90 days in 180, three months out of six, and a total of six months out of 12. But those two 90-day periods cannot be taken successively and can't be added to. If you have only used 80 in one part of the year, you don't get 100 in the second part. Equally, the 90-day period starts as soon as you set foot in the Schengen area, meaning that if you are driving through France, you're already on the clock, as it were, so you best put your foot down. And you need to give yourself enough time to get out later too. So maybe two days down and two days back, really, you've only got 86 days. Of course, you're still allowed to buy a property here now, just like you were before. There are no restrictions on that. However, you can't just come and live in it unless you satisfy the criteria for one of the visas. We'll talk about that more in a minute and also next week. You need to make more preparations before you come now and think about things like health insurance, your income and a lot more. The health insurance issue is a biggie. Previously, you were covered by a reciprocal agreement between European countries to treat each other's citizens free at the point of use. Sounds nice, that, doesn't it? Now you need an insurance policy, meaning you go private with no co-payments, and that means you pay for medicines, and your policy covers you for treatments. Of course, this is more expensive than previously, but it can also be difficult to find for many people. Those with pre-existing conditions may find the company they choose doesn't cover those conditions, 
or that the cover becomes a lot more expensive because of those conditions. And you have to bear in mind that as you get older, the premium for your private health will rise as you become more dependent on the health provision. However, the good news is that lots of very common medicines are actually really cheap to buy over the counter in Spain, or on a private prescription, they're not that expensive. So all may not be lost. Nevertheless, it's very important to check this cost out before coming over, especially if you're looking for the non-lucrative visa. And speaking of that, Let's look at the visas. There are various visas that will allow you to live and potentially work in Spain. The most common is the non-lucrative visa, where you are allowed to live in Spain 365 days a year. You actually have an obligation to stay over 183 days in order to maintain it. Requirements are written in an article that I've attached to the show notes, but roughly €2,300 income for a single person, 2900 for a couple, and another 600 more or less for each dependent child or dependent adult. You must have private health insurance for everyone, and of course, a clean police record in the country you're coming from. The non-lucrative visa has to be applied for in your own country before you come, and once granted, you have a time limit period to get here and register with the police that you're here. More to come on this in the next episode. The Golden Visa. Lots of Brits are taking advantage of this one now as a spend of 500,000 or above on the deeds cost of the property gives them 365 days a year, not only in Spain, but also anywhere in the Schengen region. Bear in mind that if you buy a house for 500,000, then you should be putting it in the name of one person who will be given the Golden Visa. The partner and any dependents will get a visa as a beneficiary of the Golden Visa holder. Don't buy a house for 500000 and put it in two names because then it only counts as 250000 each. If the property were to be bought in both partners' names, then it would require a €1 million Euro investment, which of course is a lot more. And of course, lots of Brits and other nationalities cannot spend this amount of money, so they require the other visas to be able to stay here permanently. There's another visa which is quite useful, the student visa. If you want to stay for a year, then sign up for a course that gives you the right to be here for a year. There are many courses that are government approved and allow you to do this. Bear in mind that the course has to be homologado, or officially sanctioned, in order for it to count for the student visa. And one of the advantages of the student visa is that you are also allowed to work for up to 20 hours a week. That's useful if you need some pocket money. In the worst case scenario, you can deliberately fail your student course and reset a second year, giving you two years here rather than one as a student. The entrepreneur's visa is another one, and forget this one. It's a pain in the backside, and it's the civil. if the civil servant deciding on the application is in a bad mood, then they can reject it just because they don't understand the application. And this happens many times with the entrepreneur's visa when the business being proposed is a technology company. This year, 2022, we're going to have the Digital Nomad visa as well, and it's the biggie which is going to be huge later this year in Spain. 
It's already been approved at Parliament level, and we'll see what the requirements and stipulations are later this year. But it looks promising. More of that in the next episode, anyway. Brits buy before? Well, previously, a typical British buyer would be looking at something for retirement, and the budgets were lower than a typical buyer from estates, the Netherlands, Germany, and other parts of Northern Europe, for example. A typical retiree looking to come to the Valencia area, for example, would be buying a villa for 150 to 200,000 and living there happily on their pension. Higher end buyers would be looking around the 300 to 400,000 mark to buy either in the city in an apartment with terrace or a villa in one of the more in-demand satellite towns with easy access to the city, such as Laliana, Petra, Rocafort. I've mentioned them before in many blogs. What do the Brits buy now, though? Well, the number of retirees at the lower end has dropped dramatically, as they are not allowed to live in their property, just use it for up to three months out of six. People have decided that if this is going to be the case, then they might as well look for a medium-term rental to cover the time that they are here. Those looking to the city continue to buy because they can lock up and leave with fewer costs, and equally, they can rent it out to friends and family easily without paying for a gardener, pool maintenance, and other things. Higher-end buyers have moved their budgets up north of 500000 where possible in order to take advantage of the golden visa, giving them the ability to live and work here freely. This is a natural progression in many cases, as prices have risen here, and also they were able to sell their properties in the UK for much higher prices due to house price inflation. So they bring in more money with them. We're seeing many more buyers at prices north of 500000 due to Brexit, and those wanting to keep the rights as a European citizen think this is a good way of doing it. Unfortunately, we get deluded Brits too. It's a sad fact that many Brits are still unaware about the restrictions that the populist government has placed on their movements and ability to live and work in Europe. Being trapped on Plague Island can't be a nice thing, but trapped you are in certain cases. We consistently receive a stream of CVs and requests to work with us here in Valencia from people currently in the UK who are absolutely sick of the place. People, you can't work in the EU now if the employer can find somebody equally qualified from the EU 27. It's a sad fact, but it's a fact. The UK government took away that option for your future. The next deluded group are those that don't know they can't just move here anymore and stay for more than 90 days. Only last week we received a mail asking us to find them a place to buy for under 100000 where they could retire to. When I asked about their income for the possibility of a non-lucrative visa, I was told that between them it came to around €500 Euros per week. Not enough for the visa, of course. They have the 100 k to spend but want to live here permanently. They can't. Simple. In this case, I call them deluded because they told me they will find an agent who would let them do it, as if I were the only thing obstructing their ability to purchase and live here. If only, if only. In the next episode, we'll be taking a longer look at the different visas that people are looking to get and the steps needed to get them. These considerations are true for Brits, Americans, Canadians and more, so keep an eye out. This isn't just for Brits.
In our new section this week, we're answering your questions. I asked for people to send us voice notes and uh, voice memos, or just to send questions, and we got a lot. Now, we're going to be answering them over the next few weeks, but we continue to ask for them too. So if you want to know something, listen to the questions we've got today, and then send us voice notes in the same way. We'll use them on the podcast. So anyway, you can send them to us to information at valencia-property.com or via WhatsApp to my WhatsApp number, which is 0034 for Spain, then 657-994311. Our first question today comes from Reese, and he is from one of the local international schools. Hi there, Graham. I'm uh, a teacher at a big international school here in Valencia, and I'm also in charge of admissions. And we get asked a lot by the parents um, who are coming to join us from overseas, what type of visa they need to be able to stay here. Um, Would you be able to tell me how that works, please? Well, that's an interesting one, and we're going to have a deep dive into the visas in the next episode. However, it's not usually an issue for parents bringing their kids into an international school, as they're usually in one of the following three categories. Golden visa buyers, non-lucrative visa holders, or sponsored workers from companies with offices in Spain. Lots of people come in on non-lucrative, but then work from home anyway. They can't, but they do. The bit about sponsored workers from companies is that people are brought in from all over the world. They come in, the company has already done all the paperwork for them, and so all they're doing is looking for a place to stay, and they're allowed to stay for over 12 months. It's not usually a problem. Next, we have this question from Rich Lang in the States, and it's a common one we get from people in the States. Let's take a listen. Hi, Graham. My name is Rich Lang. Question for the podcast. Um, is crime an issue in uh, in Valencia? There are certain neighborhoods maybe that are more fringe or not where that's an issue at all. Coming from the U.S., and that tends to always be a consideration in U.S. cities, so just wondering what neighborhoods are safer or if safety is just not really a big consideration, which would be great news. I've written about it before in the blog in an article about why Americans should move to Valencia. I'll link it in the show notes, but here's a canned version of that article. Valencia is safe, very safe, amazingly safe. House insurance is cheap because there are few robberies. The streets are safe and most people feel totally comfortable here. One thing though, if you are lying down sunbathing in the riverbed park and fall asleep, then your bag or bike might just get lifted. Just be vigilant and you should be fine here. There are a couple of streets in the city where you may feel a bit uncomfortable, but not many. Then we have a couple of written questions which came in from Vicky Smith. The first one said, does property in Valencia hold its value? Well, Vicky, it's a bit of a difficult one, this, as I don't have a crystal ball, but currently it's holding its value very well and still going up. However, we all remember the financial crisis of 2008 when prices plunged and then flatlined. A black swan event combined with high interest rates can cause problems, but the demand for property in eras of high inflation and relatively low interest rates usually means prices rise. That's the situation we're currently in. So, no promises, but it generally holds quite well. Vicky's second question 
was, I've heard it can be hard getting work or renovations done here. Is this true? Well, Vicky, you need to have a network of contractors, and luckily, we do. Even so, even our builders have been stretched recently by the sheer amount of renovations and building work they've had. It's always best to ask us first. Take a look at our blog post linked in the show notes about how we can help you with your modernization. Recently, a client of ours wanted to do a renovation and contracted an architect. The architect was let down by three sets of builders on giving quotes for the work. One even put holes in the walls and made a real mess before failing to give a quote. We got them two builders and one data quote. They should have the full quotes by next week. Use local knowledge and experience and you should be okay. Go on your own, you might have a problem. So that's our questions for this week and we'll do some more next week we've got oof, a list of 30 or 40 that came in over the last few days and we'll do more in each episode so finally today remember we do a recommended video a recommended article and a recommended property our recommended video this week is the question and answer session we put together last year with people's questions about valencia some serious some stupid you can see it in the link at the in the show notes if you have any questions, feel free to send them and we can answer them here or make more YouTube videos with the questions being answered. Our recommended article today is our Brits post-Brexit article, which you can find in the link at the show notes. This article included the section mentioned earlier about deluded Brits. I'm sorry, but they exist and get angry and pointing out the consequences of what they voted for. It's the truth and sometimes the truth hurts. I mentioned a couple of other articles in the podcast as well about why Americans should move to Valencia and redeveloping property in Valencia. They're both in the show notes as well. And finally, our recommended property for this week. Well, sometimes you don't know why a property hasn't sold. Sometimes it's obvious. In this case, a lot for the latter. It was obvious. But the issues have now been resolved and there were two issues. Take a look at the link in the show notes and you can see the house in the podcast artwork. It's a house in Laliana, and previously the house was covered in a morass of ivy. It looked a real mess, and took away a lot of light inside, it was so overgrown. That's all gone now, and the house looks clean and new. Next, the price was too high at 489000 It's now dropped to 444000 and in the meantime, prices in the area have risen considerably. This now looks like a great deal, as it's almost 400 metres a house over four floors, including a downstairs bar, and an awesomely interesting attic room with huge potential and some great round windows with nice views of local area. It's a 10 minute walk into town and two metro stations are just five minutes walk away for getting in and out of the city of Valencia. It's well worth a look. Take a look at the link in the show notes. And that's it for me this week. Next week, we'll be answering more questions and looking at the various types of visas and also some exciting news about a new visa for 2022. It may suit a hell of a lot of people. The Digital Nomad Visa is on its way. Speak to you next week. This has been a podcast from Valencia Property. You can find us on our homepage at www.valencia-property.com. Also, if you put a backslash and new onto that, you'll get our blog. You can get in touch with us on information at valencia-property.com. Or you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, of course, on Valencia Property. We're on Twitter, that's Greyhunt, G-R-A-H-U-N-T. And you can also find us on Instagram.
wherever you find us. We hope to see you in Valencia soon. Thank you.